All right. Um, hello, my dear friends. This is Kathy Jo P. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is central time. And um, I think I'll just start by saying that, you know, what jumped out at me tonight is the only one here that um, has to be a 100-pounder is me. And at the same time, even though at one time I weighed 303 pounds, I never wanted to admit that I was 100 pounds overweight. And sometimes today when I say I'm down over 110 pounds, I almost cough on it because it's hard to believe it. Um, so that's first. And the second thing is, is that... Um, Overeaters Anonymous, the only requirement is the desire to stop eating compulsively. And I want to say when we have that desire, that is a moment where the door of possibility of letting God in a little bit um, can, you know, don't leave before the miracle happens. And I was gripped by the disease of compulsive overeating as far back as I can remember. And I remember when I was maybe four and my grandma gave my brother and I a piece of candy and I was absolutely furious and beside myself that I thought she gave him a better piece than she gave me. So I know that I defined happiness I defined taking the edge off and being okay in this world by what went in my mouth. And it also was how much I thought about food, how much I thought about my body, and how much I thought about trying to control what I eat. Um, I'm 60 years old, so I struggled with this, you know, for a long, long time. Um, when I was nine, a boy at the pool told me that I was fat. And I came home that night and told my mom how sad I was about it. And she told me everyone has their cross to bear. And I thought that for the rest of my life that I would have to be fat and live with being fat. And I thought that all my problems and my disease, my dis-ease with myself was because of my body. And I'm going to tell you in 1976, I went on Weight Watchers and I followed it absolutely perfectly. That is the only time in my whole entire life that I have followed a diet perfectly, 1976. And I did it for nine months and I lost 55 pounds and I got from 179 to 124, I'm tall. At that time, I was 5'6". Now I'm 5'8". But I was um, thin. But you know what? Not all my problems are from being fat, and I did not feel content. I felt very, I'm going to use the word again, I was in, in my disease, my dis-ease with myself. And for the next... So that was 1976, and I came to the rooms a couple times. I say they were almost like drive-by shootings because I had no intention of really trying to work these steps. 
as outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And anyway, so 1976 till I came in the rooms, taking it much more seriously in 2012. So I tried for 26 plus 12, 38 years to manage food. And I'm going to tell you, I lost the battle. I was gripped by the illness of compulsive overeating. And I did a few diets after I failed at Weight Watchers. I mean, I did. I won. I did it. And then when I got maintenance and they told me to eat this and this and this and add it to the food plan, I couldn't do it. I tried. And I was back to the races. And by my senior year in high school, I weighed 231. And then I found Overeaters Anonymous. And I went, and I went in the room, and I saw this woman with long blonde hair, and she was 5'8 and 140, and I was 5'8 and 230. And, I, and they said, find someone in the room that has what you want. And again, what I wanted was not to be fat. I wasn't thinking about being okay in my skin, and I wasn't thinking about the disease dis-ease of being who I am. So anyway, she told me, don't eat sugar, don't eat between meals, go to meetings and call me every day. And I did, but I did not work the steps as outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And eventually, I decided I didn't need to be there anymore. And I left. And again, I during that time, I was there seven years, and I did not eat sugar for seven years. I thought this is what it is. Don't eat sugar. Go to meetings. And nowhere, I mean, in the big book it says we stop drinking alcohol. And I take that today and I say I stop eating my alcoholic foods, which sugar is one of my alcoholic foods, but there's more to the list. And I also stop my alcoholic food behaviors, which those can be all kinds of things. They could be you know, eating when I'm in the car, eating when I'm standing up, snacking, taking bites while I'm cooking. Anyway, what happened is I left the rooms of OA in two, let's see here. I went to college in 1980. I left the rooms in 1987, and I stayed out of the rooms for 25 years. And when I finally came back to these rooms, I weighed 303 pounds. And again, I think I wanted to do it the way that this other person taught me. Don't eat sugar. Don't eat between meals. But I still was eating some alcoholic foods, which I'm going to say my disease progressed. And so even though I wasn't eating sugar, I still was getting my ease and comfort from other foods. And I did lose like 60 pounds, and then I stopped. And finally, in 2016, I was in a spot of being desperate. When I was talking about that door being opened a little bit, I was in a spot of being in the disease, the disease with myself, and I was willing to do what it takes. And it's like I was up against the wall, and a sponsor I met on another meeting called A Vision for You said to me, where are you at with your alcoholic foods? And at that moment, I gave up all my alcoholic foods, which I'm going to tell you, one of them was artificial sweeteners, stevia. 
they gave me that ease and comfort that I had been seeking my whole entire life so I could feel okay with me. And I had people tell me, you know, artificial sweeteners can keep you fat. No, they don't have any calories, I would think and say. But for me, they kept me locked into the food. They kept me connected to the food. No longer do I seek to have a party in my mouth. I don't eat boring food. I had a wonderful dinner tonight. But I'm not looking for a party in my mouth. So I let go of my alcoholic foods in 2016, and I worked all of the steps as outlined in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I did 61 amends. I started to feel the sunlight of the spirit. I started to feel connected, a part of, instead of a part from. And I'm going to tell you, it has not been easy. There are people in these rooms that have it much, much worse than me. There are people that call me sometimes and they want to tell me all the bad things going on in their life. We all have a reason to eat. We all have a reason to be unhappy. We all have things that happen to us where we literally feel like our skin is being peeled off of our body. My dad was physically violent to all of us kids. He died when I was 19 years old. I married a man who cheated on me repeatedly. I had open heart surgery in 2019 because I have a childhood defect on my heart. And thank you, God, that when I got up on that table, I had 110 pounds off my body. I have a trachea disease where my windpipe starts to close and I have to have surgery on my trachea. But today, I live in the solution. I'm in the middle of a divorce, which is hard. But I feel loved. I feel held. I feel a part of instead of apart from. I literally go to bed every single night not thinking of the people that I'm angry with or I'm hurt by because I have a process in step 10 where I get to let that shit go, which transforms my life. My husband, my soon-to-be husband, funny joke I'm inserting here, um, it was his birthday Monday, and I woke up Monday, and I was spewing venom. And I went below the belt, and I sent him a mean message. Happy birthday. Hope you have fun with Renee. He's not even dating her anymore, the last person he had a fling with. But I was mad. And then I did a 10th step, and God told me to make him soup. He loves soup. So I made him soup, and I gave him soup for his birthday. And I went to bed feeling connected to God, feeling connected to others, and being able to live in my skin. And that's what we get to do in this program. And I'm going to tell you, I, I don't think I'm fat. I'm a little bit overweight. I'm not quite to go weight because of my heart and everything. I can't do as much exercise as I used to do. But I wear a size 12 jeans. I'm 5'8". I think I look okay. And you know what? It's My happiness does not come from the number on the scale. My happiness does not come from what I put in my mouth. It's not from how I look. It's how I connect to others. That's what I'm looking for. 
there's a person in our program, her name is Sheila J. She lives in California, and she says, you weren't craving sugar. You were craving love. You were just settling for sugar. I'm going to tell you, sugar might taste okay for a few minutes, but love, that is what I need and what I want, and that is what I was hungry for my whole life. And loving others can help me feel love. I get it right back. And again, that is, you know, what I was needing, what I was wanting. That's what we all need. And in this program, it says we get to live our life beyond our wildest dreams. I never dreamed I could feel so loved. This past Sunday, I spent the whole probably like eight hours with my sponsor. She's my OA slash codependent sponsor. And um, we went to church together. We went to an AA speaker together. We went to lunch together. We went grocery shopping together. And then we went to a play together. I mean, come on. And I mean, I just feel so filled up even though I'm going through a lot of loneliness and a lot of grief in the new um, corporation of being a divorced couple rather than a married couple. But at the same time, I really believe that I'm going to be okay as long as I stay with God. And, you know, my character defects that come up keep me disconnected from God. And I got to keep doing this work so that I can live and be okay in my skin, and be free. Um, moderator, I think I'm going to pass, and maybe we'll have just extra time. I don't know. I probably have a good five or six minutes left, but I think I'm okay. Thank you.